0: Hear the World Sounds. Today's episode features Sofia Quintero, Head of Growth at GeckoBoard, data dashboards for businesses.
1: Hey, Sophia, thanks for being on the show today.
2: Thank you for having me, guys.
1: So I'd like to start things off by getting to know where you're from, what did you study, and how did your passion in entrepreneurship develop?
2: Sure. Um, Well, I'm from Venezuela, from a city called Valencia, and um, I studied uh, business study and marketing there uh, in the university. And then later, um, in 2008, I think, when I moved to England, Uh, After a couple of years, I did a master's degree in mass communication, which was very bizarre because I thought it was going to be a very, very practical uh, look into technology and and communications in general and end up being a lot of theory and and a lot of uh, history around communications. But it was an interesting experience Um, in terms of entrepreneurship, i always done something in the past. I always was interested in, in somehow uh, making money one way or the other. And, and basically, um, it happened in different ways. When I was like 19, um, I started this very small training company with a, with a very good friend of mine uh, back in Venezuela. And I used to Uh, run with him these workshops for first year um, students in the university about like project management and time management and all these different tools and things that they could do to um, start the first year, you know, uh, the right direction. And we used to sell these courses like every weekend and it was packed and it was really awesome, but we had to stop because we just weren't studying at all and we just needed to finish our dissertations. But that was like the first little business that I had in university and and I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed, um, you know, sharing, um, you know, knowledge and teaching guys and just, just helping people to, to accelerate learning or their experience. Um, later, um, I went into stream sports and I was skating, skateboarding. I was doing a lot of skateboarding, uh, while I was in university and I, um, I partnered with a friend of mine at the time to open a skateboard shop. um, and I did that for a while, like a year. And I was skating every day, in the university, and also just basically running the shop with him. Um, and at that time, we uh, apart from the shop, I organized this tour when I brought these pro skaters from, um, I think they were from Los Angeles, and we ran this first international tour back home, and and that was amazing. I don't think no, <laughs> nobody else has done that anymore, which is a shame, but it was an awesome experience. And the story with the skateboard shop is that we had to close down because the government at the time changed, um, the way imports were happening in, in Venezuela. So everything that I had, uh, the inventory went double the price, double the cost. Uh, so I lost a lot of money trying to recover from that. So that was a crazy experience. I don't know. I think I was like 21 or something. Um, yeah, so I, I'm so far as being like starting a a small business and then going back to recover for something that happens. and It's just been an awesome journey. Um, I had different experiences Um, apart from that. Then I have my own company here helping startups um, with marketing and and understanding the digital strategy in general. Um, I had a magazine with my brother in Panama when I lived there for six months. Um, He's an artist so we partnered to do a magazine. So I've done a bunch of Little things here and there, and, and it's just always fun.
0: Cool. That sounds like a lot of great, you know, experiences along the way. Lots, lots of things to learn from.
2: Yeah, just, just fun. Yeah.
0: So you're currently the head of uh, Gecko Board, uh, or sorry, head, head of growth at Gecko Board. Uh, a beautiful product that both Tyler and I really, really love. So can you uh, just explain for the listeners, you know, what is Gecko Board?
2: Yeah, Gecko Board is a is a data communication tool. It's a it's a business dashboard that helps businesses to. See the key metrics in one place. See what is important to them, and, um, and it's an awesome product because it allows people to and businesses to align their teams towards the, their goals. Um, Geckoboard it, it just basically helps you to pull data from all your services, uh, Google Analytics, Mailchimp, um, Mixpanel, whatever you're using as a SaaS product, you can connect to Geckoboard so you can see um, your Important figures and numbers in one place, and, and that also means that your team can see those numbers um, and understand what is happening and what is driving the business, and, and that that, that drives a lot of communication, uh, that change culture for the best, uh, and it helps people to make better decisions based on data and facts mm-hmm. as opposed to uh, only intuition.
0: Yeah, and so how did you hack your way into that into that opportunity? To, like, how did you meet the founders and, and join the team?
2: Sure. Um, I joined two years ago. Uh, and the way it happened is that previous to Gecko Board, I was running a, a startup uh, with my co-founder. Co- we started a marketplace. It was, it was called I love to do that.com. And what it was is just connecting um, instructors with, with a small group of students and just setting sessions where they could, they could learn you know, photography or pottery or whatever they wanted. So it was something similar to Skillshare, let's mm-hmm. say. Um, And I run that for a year or so. Uh, I ran out of money. I had to close down. And it was another very interesting experience. And I decided at the time, one, that I needed to recover financially. But second, that I really wanted to join. If I was going to work for somebody, I really wanted to join an exciting space, a product that I believe in, uh, a place where I could you know, be free to to explore different things and, and have the, the autonomy as well to make them happen. And um, I found Gecko Board. They were just publishing that. They were looking for the first hire in marketing. They were, at the time, I think seven engineers, and, and there were no marketing uh, people part of the, of the company. And um, I remember that the job post uh, said something like, we're looking for a marketing honey buyer <laughs> <laughs> And then they place this also YouTube video that probably everybody has watched already. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh man, I like that. That's just the culture and the kind of environment that I want to be part of. So um, I sent a Uh, a small cover letter in in my CV, but basically I'm sending also a picture of a Photoshop picture of a honey badger with my face and basically Paul, the founder, um, called me and said if I wanted to have a chat and and we had a chat and I was very honest, um, saying like, you know, I'm coming from this tough experience for my previous startup and I really want to focus on something I'm excited, but I really want to make it happen, you know, um, uh, you know, we really want to explore stuff and make it make it happen different ways, and I want to just just focus on this. So, if you're ready uh, for that, I can stay here a couple of years and make it happen for you. So, we basically um, agreed to start working together. It happens very fast. I think like in two days, uh, start a gecko board, and it's been. An amazing journey, I have to say. Um Gekobor is a, it's a very exciting place to work in. Um people you know the, the whole team are extremely talented, the product is is awesome and, and we all have the chance to um to explore ideas, to fail, to make mistakes, to make things happen, and, and it has grown pretty fast uh, the last two years. And um, yeah, it's always always a lot of changes going on, which is, is really, really good. So For me, Gecko Board has been an amazing platform, Uh, amazing platform to meet uh, fantastic people, to be really involved in the startup community, and to learn a lot. It's been a journey of tons of learning, so it's just a wonderful company.
1: That's awesome.
0: That's a really good story. Uh, I like the the honey badger advertisement to get you uh, to get you in there. (laughs) Yeah, Uh,
2: it's work. Yeah.
0: Absolutely awesome. So, so I'm curious, what what is it about the product or the industry that makes you the most passionate? Is it just the people and the opportunity, or is it is it you know the the, the, the analytics behind everything?
2: I think it's a fascinating space because everybody is trying to, to tackle, you know, the, the huge amount of data that we are exposed to every single day and, you know, a, a from different angles, analytics, big data, uh, different tools. But what I really like about um, GeckoBoard, Data dashboards in general, is that it goes beyond the data analysis and the data um, sort of um, consumption, uh, of the data communication part of it, it is, it is a tool that allows people to really connect with the foundations of the business to, to really um, focus on numbers that drive motivation. So it becomes a very human thing within a business. It becomes a connection between people's goals and, and the organization's goals. So what I like about it is it becomes more of a, a human motivation tool uh, than just the analytics and the data-driven decision-making. It just goes beyond that. So that's what I really love about about it. Um, um, one of the things that are interested is that we focus on this idea of data for humans, and, and that means um, being able to provide design um, and, and, and visualizations that allows people to really understand data at glance, so zero complications, zero to graft, very, very simple, because the idea is to minimize the barriers between you know, this volume of data and people's decision making, so for that, it needs to be a super simple design, and I love that. I love the simplicity, I love the impact on culture, I love the human side of it. Um, it just just make it easier to absorb, easy to easy to communicate internally within organizations. So that's what I love about it. It's that combination of uh, hardcore data-driven decision making with tons of you know human motivation and human understanding.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. I really love uh, you know data for humans. And and one of my follow-up questions to you was was I know that you said uh, or or you talked about building uh, a brilliant customer experience. Um, and so is that is that you know. Beautiful presentation of data. Part of building that brilliant customer experience. Are there other things on the marketing side that you can talk about that you guys do to make an amazing experience?
2: Sure. I think it's, it's a when I, when we talk about building, you know, amazing customer experience, that is, we're talking about the entire experience, right? So from from a product perspective, indeed, yeah, it's about the visualizations. It's about to uh, about building a product that anybody can use. Um, they can help you to access data pretty quickly, but also from um, from a service point of view and from a branding point of view, it's like understanding, you know, what is your experience when you go to Gekko Board's website? And, you know, are you able to answer all the questions that you might have about this product? Do you feel confident that we have the best customer service and you will be able to... to you know, contact us anytime when you have a problem with the product or have an issue with, with understanding of the documentation or whatever it might be. So it is understanding the entire journey of the user from the first search on Google to the point where they are sitting in a bar talking about this awesome tool and they recommending Gecko board to somebody else. So for us, it's being around mapping, you know, what our experience looks like, and where can we have the highest impact. So, and sometimes it comes down to very simple things, to having the right people, kind, intelligent people, you know, customer support uh, aligned with the values that we have in the organization. It's also about how we communicate and present, you know, the product to the world, and how we build branding and how we treat people and how we engage on Twitter, for instance, or it could be, you know, product managers getting in touch with, you know, customers and, you know, from all life cycles, trying to understand how can we make things better. So, Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it's a a lot of small things that come together and and that builds that, that, you know, amazing customer experience that then allows you to grow and, and, and to really leverage word of mouth, which has been, at least for us, huge from the very beginning.
0: Cool. So I, I was actually going to ask you next: uh, How are you guys actually growing the product? What are some of the best ways you've seen work to to you know get your product out to more customers?
2: I think, as I said before, like. Um Board of mouth has been, it's been great. When you have a product that people love, that, that comes naturally. And I think um, for us, it's been always you know organic recommendation uh, most of the time. Then, since the very beginning, when we started building marketing and the foundations of marketing, content has been very important to us, like building content that people found helpful, uh, building content that that can be a spread easily, that can help people that wants to create these small data revolutions in their businesses to actually spread the word with the teams, with their bosses, with the partners. Um, so facilitating, help, helping people to facilitate the conversation around data, and we, we use content for that. And that's been uh, very important for us from an SEO perspective and, and obviously as well for engaging customers and building the brand. So um, it's very recently when we started actually uh, working on pay media is all this time it's been about finding sustainable ways to build, you know, a marketing machine. And and mm. part of that is content but also partnerships. And we are very lucky because part of you know the, the way Geckoboard board works means that we have to work with tons of companies to create integrations. So each of the integrations, each of the partners is a vehicle for us to, to reach other audiences, uh, to work together, to build a better product. So distribution for us is about partnerships. It's about the integrations that we build. It's about great content and trying to understand what helps our customers and, and the audience interesting in this space. Um, and now we're exploring other channels like pay channels to scale uh, our efforts, but mostly it being about sustainable ways of doing it that do not imply pouring you know, tons of money into it.
0: That's awesome. Um, so, so one other thing about about growth, um, I noticed you gave a a, a talk at the uh, Growth Hacking Conference in London, where you were talking about the ugly ducklings of growth, mm-hmm. um, which I think is is really important, based you know on all the people who are talking about just doing growth and growth hacking. So, what are these ugly ducklings in, in your opinion, and how can growth actually be dangerous for a startup that isn't ready for it?
2: Sure. So, um, the conference, the three ugly ducklings. Um, I talked about the idea of um, these concepts that we tend to uh, overlook uh, because they're coming from another industry, or because we uh, made these huge statements about, you know, the startup world and, and what works for businesses, uh, like in technology and all that stuff. And I think we tend to ignore a lot of things that are great from other industries. Um, I don't know, just probably because it's so exciting to start talking about new methodologies and new ways of doing businesses. And we forget that businesses has been done for you know centuries Forever, yeah. and, and we don't have to reinvent the wheel. So one of the things that we don't talk much in the startup community world is, is branding as, as a very important driver of, of, of growth in general. And, and the reason why I think we don't talk about it that often is because at the very beginning, when you're launching a product, you're trying to understand, uh, you know, if you are actually solving a problem. And branding seems something very fluffy to do at the very beginning. Um, and I guess it's because it's being associated with these big budgets and, and creating, you know, amazing websites and and things that might not be able, you might not be able to measure straight away. Uh, but the truth is that branding for most stuff from the very beginning is all about the small details. And, 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 I, and I gave some examples, like the tone of voice that you use when you are reaching out to other people to help you out or to test your product. Um, the way your first employees talk about the business when they are having a drink, you know, in a pub with somebody else. Um, it is about you know the design and caring about design even though you want to chip fast and you know do stuff a bit scrappy you still have the chance and should have the chance to think through what is designed for you so the small details count and that is you know the first steps into branding for a startup but I think we tend to just not think about it too much because it's difficult to measure and we're too focused on being able to measure everything in order to understand what is working but you know as, as you grow as a business you realize there is a bunch of things that you don't know if are going to work or not but you just do because you want to feel proud of what you're doing so it's a business decision to, you know most of the time to do things that you can't measure equally as you do things that can't scale so uh, both are important so branding is one that tends to go into that bucket of oh let's not do that because you cannot measure it's a bit fluffy uh, but it, it does create opportunities for for startups in early stage and later on. um, Branding is the identity that you build Mm -hmm. uh, and people tend to relate to that and therefore trust you more. Um, Another ugly duckling that I talked about was change management, which I think uh, we don't talk about much. And and given that growth is all about change, uh, I found it interesting that that we don't necessarily look at that as a discipline. And, And what it is is that you know, as you grow, everything changes. You know, the people that you uh, hire change because you either you fire them or you hire new people. Uh, the systems, the product, the processes, uh, the conversations, the messaging, everything changes when you're growing. So being able to understand how to manage those changes so you don't waste your time uh, building politics and you don't waste your time building uh, unnecessary processes is very crucial. And there's tons of methodologies around that. There's tons of of, of know books written uh, about change management and and tons of useful stuff that we can learn within the startup culture to to actually put in place and help these changes to happen in a in a a smoother way in a way that we can actually um take action without having these huge disruptions you know in the in the world and in terms of you know the culture of the business um there's tons of changes uh you know, make people uncomfortable in general. Sometimes you have to change direction very drastically and not everybody is, is, is ready for that. Maybe the core team that started at the beginning, the first three or four employees. But once you have over 20 people, not everybody is used to these huge changes. So yeah. you need to be able to communicate them properly. You need to be able to make people feel comfortable that we are going the right direction and things are going to be fine kind of way. So mm-hmm. change management, management is another one that is a, is a big one.
1: Of speech that you have—is had, it recorded at all? That no, other people are able to.
2: No, there were okay. so many awesome talks that I wanted to watch afterwards, and it turns out that is not.
1: That's uh, too bad because it, it sounds like an amazing talk. Um, so previously to Gecko Board, you were a digital strategist at Cookie Labs, where you where you ended up building and co founding um, the Sugar Cube Factory. So what is Cookie Labs?
2: All right, now that was a company that I created uh, when I was freelancing and, and helping startups for with a digital strategy and, and growth in general. So I had the chance to work with a couple of businesses at the time and I wanted, you know, as part of being, a, let's call it a consultant at that time, I thought that the most important thing that I needed to do is being able to show, um, you know, the potential of, of this technology to businesses that probably weren't that open to it. Um, and I really wanted to have a set of projects going on that I could say, "Listen, this is what we can do, and this is how I'm doing it at the moment." So, if you want to help anybody to do a crowdfunding sort of um, campaign you have to be able to show the one that you did successfully, right? So Mm -hmm. it's about showing results and and being able to execute on the things that you are trying to sell, the concepts and ideas that you're trying to sell. So a bit of that, the Cherokee Factory came out from from that need to show like, okay, great. Would you like to explore crowdfunding? Okay, let me run one for you and let me show you how it works. Um, That was an idea that I had with a friend at the time. it came from, I went to a conference and it turned out after the conference, the organizers asked um, you know, the participants in the conference to, to actually write down a message on a piece of paper and give it to somebody else that they didn't have the chance to talk to in the conference, and that was a bit strange. So I end up writing something for a guy, like, oh, I never talked to you, but you look like a nice guy, and you know, whatever, enjoy the conference. It was super awkward. But everybody shared and changed those papers, and, and I read from other people, the ones that gave me, and I, and I thought it was quite interesting and sweet, like a, you know, social, Experiment going on and Mm -hmm. I thought I came back that was in Portugal and I came back to London and I thought It would be good to do something like this, but scalable What would that look like if people were sending to each other like random messages from strangers? Like what will people write at that Like, You know you had Twitter and all this stuff, but will people like to receive? Random messages around the world, like, you know, hopefully positive messages, um, mm-hmm. in their inboxes, and will they write them? So I didn't know if people would do that at all. Like in the physical world, we did in that conference, but I didn't know if that's something that people would be interested in. And the only way to to find out was to to put it out there. So that's why I ran a Kickstarter campaign, and I just placed the content, did a crappy video <laughs> around that, and turned out that people really liked it, and then they just funded the project, I launched it, and that's been running for a while, there is a nice community around it, uh, very interesting people from, you know, tons of cities around the world, and uh, it's very surprising from a uh, social research, if you think about it, um, point of view, to see, you know, different cultures and how they perceive, you know, positive messages and how they address other people, and, and that, they, the interesting part of it is just being anonymous. So a lot of people can say their name and their location, but if you don't want to, you you don't have to. Um, And the first concern that I had is like, you know, I'm gonna have tons of spammers and trolls writing awful things in the platform. And it's just, it's it's not true. Um, Probably, you know, one out of 100 messages might be uh, Mm -hmm. something a bit weird, but normally uh, the whole community is self-regulated and really, really good. So um, I left the project. my, my friend is running that project, not necessarily I'm updating and, and focusing on it, but it's a, it was a very interesting experience, a really nice social experiment, and, and a way to prove that if you have a crazy idea, you can put it out there and, and hopefully some other people um, will resonate with it and you can make it happen.
1: So what were some of the um, important lessons that you learned through this process from you know launching Sugar uh, Cube Factory to uh, having a successful Kickstarter campaign?
2: I think what I learned is that um I'd I done this before, but probably Kickstarter was a, was a interesting way of doing it like just having the the bravery probably just to go out there with a with a plain concept and saying, you know hi, this is my idea, and I really want to make it happen, but do you think about it would you like to contribute and I think the act of doing that um just generates this internal strength to go through, uh, through other projects easily. So chipping stuff is just always hard, but it's not hard because of the idea or because of execution. It's hard because you have to have the, the guts to just go out there and put yourself in front of people and say, this is what it is. You might think that it sucks, but, you know, I think it's great. You know, shall we work together? I think it's just... Um, Take that, it's just, just being brave and, and go out after it. So, my lesson is just like not stopping myself at all when I want to make something happen because, you know, it, it can work out well, kind of thing. So, very simple, um, but that's what it is. I think crowdfunding is a, an amazing vehicle. I think, you know, every person with an idea can do it. Uh, this is good for some businesses, it's not good for everybody, but it's certainly a way of validating uh, your concepts and it's certainly a way of learning how to chip faster and often uh, with getting over the fear of being rejecting all that stuff i guess.
1: Mhm.
0: So coming from Venezuela to to the UK and, and having such a such an awesome, you know, startup career with with lots of different experiences, do you have any any funny or unbelievable stories about yourself or some of the startups uh, that very few people know?
2: Oh wow. Oh god. Um,
0: there's got to be a few in there. <laughs>
2: Um, This is, well, I don't know if it's an unbelievable story, uh, but um, when I moved to Panama like tons of years ago, um, uh, I I started this magazine with with my brother and I was skateboarding at the time. That was just about the time that I closed, uh, shut down the the store in Venezuela. So I moved to Panama just to go away from things and just, you know, have a different experience. I lived there for six months. And during that time, funny enough, uh, hopefully that changed now. But I was the only women skateboarder in Panama. So Vans uh, sponsored me for a while <laughs> awesome. to wear stuff. Oh, that's
1: amazing. To
2: just skate around the city. And, and I found that really, really cool. That felt super special. But then I guess hopefully a lot of girls started doing that. I left after six months and, and that was an awesome experience. But yeah, that was I probably was the only women sponsoring Panama for a while. I guess that's, that's kind awesome. of cool. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Do you still skateboard?
2: Yes, I do. I mean, as you know, like London has this terrible weather. So yeah. most of the time, but at the moment it's raining and, and it's always raining. So it's really difficult and cold, but when it's during summer, I try to, uh, a couple of times, but yeah, I still have my skateboard and I still, I still love it. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. I used to do a lot of snowboarding and BMXing when I was a kid and I just lost touch as I got into university and then into the industry, but I, I really need to get back into it because it's always fun to have a, a hobby on the side. Something like that. Yeah. So it's interesting
2: as well because I think skateboarding like and extreme sports in general um, build resilience and just help you to, you know, because you are always failing. Like it's so hard and it's so painful that I think that's what you do in business too. You're always trying something really hard. You're always failing. You always fail and just get up and try to do the trick again. So, in this case, I think it just helps a lot with business, to be honest.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, this next question is a two part. So, where will you be in 10 years and, and what will you, you be doing?
2: Ten years is a long time. <laughs> um, hopefully in ten years I will be as happy as I am now. Um, I think, you know, um, as you get older, you discover the things that, that really makes you happy. And they tend to be things that not related to achievements or related to money or material stuff. So uh, I love experiences. I love, you know, spending time with friends and people that that I love and I love learning so and I'm doing all these things at the moment so hopefully in 10 years I will be with the same level of happiness or more Mm -hmm. Uh, but things that I will be doing I'm definitely going to start a business again Um, I'm definitely going to carry on doing side projects and and experimenting with things and technology Um, I don't know I think What I would like to be doing in 10 years' time is to just be healthy enough enough and happy enough to to be able to make my ideas happen, whatever I'm thinking of. So it could be a book, it could be a side project, technology, a platform, whatever it is. I just want to be able to be creative. Uh, And if that's happening, I'm happy.
1: So what industries or technologies are the most interesting to you right now? And where do you see the most opportunities in the future?
2: I love... um, Personal data, as in, you know, healthcare and self-tracking, um, I, I track a bunch of things and, and a bunch of apps. And, and I think that's an interesting space, being able to, to really understand how your body works and how you react to certain things and be able to take correction sort of um, um, action. Around your own behavior. So, I think like personal data and how you access to it and, and the reporting that you might have now in the future is a like very, very interesting space from a healthcare kind of perspective. Um, smart things, uh, you know, how, uh, your houses, buildings, and things becoming smart, I think that is a wonderful space too. So, I'm very interested in that kind of stuff um, and to see how we evolve and what is the relationship between, you know, regular routine from a human being with technology in general beyond the web, beyond uh, the regular sort of like research and knowledge perspective so I like tracking I like personal tracking I think that's an interesting space publishing as well is something that I am looking into. it like um, content in general and, and how content is going to be consumed in the future and the different formats and the different apps and how people are absorbing all this wave of information and, and managing this feeling of overwhelm as well so I think those spaces are very interesting uh, for now and in the future at least for me.
0: Are there any uh, devices, apps, tools, or, or books that you're super obsessed with right now? I'm
2: um, just getting my iPhone because that's the best way that I can actually exactly. answer that question. Yes. Um, I think from app, apps, or, I use Fixness pal, I use uh, Roundkeeper, like this kind of stuff for personal tracking in general. But I think books at the moment, I'm very into podcasts as well. I think lately I changed a little bit the balance between books, uh, in Kindle, and, and also podcasts. So podcasts and listening to product people, which I think is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I always listen to Tim Ferriss because he's crazy, and, and, and I love his writing. Um, James Altucher as well. His podcast is funny um, and really interesting from a business perspective. Um, I recently finished uh, The Hard Things About Hard Things, um, let me just check it out here one second um, I'm reading a lot of UX stuff I found it very interesting too uh, Do More Faster from Brad um Zero to One uh, I'm Halfway and I love it Don't Make Me Think was another book that, that I really wanted to read and I never going around it so I'm like 21% away from it <laughs> um, yeah so <laughs> just get in there I'm reading this weird book called Seven Days Startup. Up yeah. Which I found very interesting. This guy that launched a startup in seven days, um, VP Curve, I think his company, uh, he finally succeeded with the last startup and he tells a story. So yeah, that's where I am at the moment. But I normally read stuff that are related either with, with growth, marketing, um, startup world, building businesses, or things that have to do with hacking personal you know, data and performance and stuff like that, like productivity geek kind of person.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah. That's really cool.
0: Well, we really appreciate your time today, Sophia. Thank you so much for speaking with us.
2: Thank you. No, this is awesome. Thank you.
0: Well, that's about it for this episode of Hack to Start. You can find all the important links beneath the show. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Hack to Start and sign up for our newsletter to know about all the latest episodes, behind-the-scenes content, and more. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.